0: Greetings, greetings once again, to all my enemies and all my friends. That's right, it's the Weekly Worldview and I'm your host Doug McBurney. Welcome back. It's the show where we don't take calls, we don't tolerate sponsors... But we do focus you on the events of the week through the lens of original thought. We have to start today in Louisville, Kentucky, where the mayor, Greg Fisher, was punched. That's right, punched, I said, on Saturday evening by a male suspect while the mayor was downtown. The mayor was downtown and he was punched. That's according to a spokeswoman from uh, Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher's office. And, of course, given the current political climate and Mayor Fisher's record, benefit of the doubt initially goes to the assailant. That's right. The puncher is assumed to have been in the right, at least initially, until we gather all the facts. Uh, Not that I want to encourage violence against any of our esteemed political leaders, so, well, we certainly don't want to encourage any violence, but we have to defer to the puncher initially. We go from there to reason number 1, not not 1,700, that would be reason number 1,971 to get or keep your children out of the government schools. And for that, we go to a post-millennial report from Houston, Texas, where a local teacher took a 16-year-old student to a drag show performed by a convicted pedophile, and the 16-year-old student's father found out about it. The 16-year-old student was a boy, by the way, taken to a drag show by a homosexual teacher from his school. So dad finds out, and dad's upset. Uh, Libs of TikTok posted the video of the upset father confronting the school board with footage of his son being taken to a drag performance by a homosexual teacher. Uh, The the performer at the bar was a convicted uh, registered sex offender. That should be an oxymoron, by the way. Registered child sex offender. Should be an oxymoron unless, of course, the registration was done in granite. That's where sex offenders against children, which, by the way, that's just child rapists is what they should be called. That's what we used to call them before we started breaking down their offenses into less and less offensive offenses. And now you're just a child sex offender. Like, what does that mean? Did you offend someone? Was it a child? Did it involve sex? Is this something we need to discuss and figure out? We used to just call them child rapists and they used to be put to death upon due conviction at a trial. So anyway, the father says that, uh, the, the, the well, wait a second. This, this offense, by the way, occurred within the confines of the jurisdiction of the Sam Houston Math Science and Technology Center which is a government school which would by the way Sam Houston I matriculated in the government schools of Texas and where there is an emphasis on Texas history and I can tell you that Sam Houston would have arrested the board of education at the school he wouldn't have he wouldn't have confronted them and expressed the fact that he was upset Sam Houston would have called the marshals and had the board arrested after having the pedophile teacher arrested. That's what Sam Houston would have done. Yeah, this was the this was the 16-year-old kid's chemistry teacher, alleged chemistry teacher, who's actually a Latinx columnist for the Houston Queer Magazine, Ub. That's the name of the magazine. Ub out magazine which is a homosexual magazine published there in houston why because you're allowed to publish this kind of pornographic filth in houston without being arrested and i can tell you sam houston would have a problem with that he would at the very least demand that you take his name off the school district let alone the uh, possibly even the city take my name off of any of this Sam Houston would say. Uh, let's see. The father says that the teacher recruited his son and took my son to a drag show when he was underage, says the father. It was a really bad experience, says dad. Um, earlier this month, you'll remember, I don't know if we reported on it here, because we can't report on everything that happens. And after a while, talking about all these homo deviant perverts is just creepy and sick. So we don't report on everything. But the Postmillennial reports earlier this month, a Dallas gay bar hosted a drag show for kids. That was a, that was a drag show at a bar where kids are normally not allowed anyway, let alone for a drag show. So that's reason number 1,971 to get or keep your children out of the government schools. Their teacher may take them to a drag show and their teacher may be a homosexual Latinx columnist, pervert and all of that. That's reason number 1,970 something or other. And by the way, Dallas had a, there was a gay bar that hosted a drag show for kids in the city of Dallas that's reason number 667, not to go to a bar in general. That's that's right, because if you go to a bar, it might be a gay bar. And so, which, by the way, I think all of them might be now, just depending on who you meet in the bathroom at the bar. Reason number, just don't go to a bar either. All right. So we'll move on from that, which is all a bit... Uh, demoralizing, demeaning, to even have to expose yourself to reading stories like that brings you down a notch or two. It brings all of us down a notch or two in our moral capacity for good, just being aware of that, just having to comprehend that. And it's just, we go from there to the decline and fall file. So we're going to go to Scotland where... uh a man went to donate blood. Why? Because he wants to do some small part to show that he has some concern for other human beings. So donating blood is like the minimal to express that you care about humanity. It's one of the small things that you can do. And this guy's been doing it for many decades. He's donated hundred over 100 pints of blood. They estimate 166 pints of blood that this gentleman has donated to his fellow human beings. Not that he's a great, wonderful person. Not that he needs to be celebrated as some kind of hero or given a t-shirt or a button or a medal, although they do give you t-shirts, buttons, and medals for donating blood. He just has some fundamental concern with uh, for the good of his fellow human beings. So he goes to donate blood, and they ask him if he is pregnant or nursing. And he says, quote, I indicated to the staff that I couldn't be in that position, but they told me I must answer the question. Otherwise, I would not be allowed to donate my blood. (laughs) So I told them it was stupid and I got on my bike and left, unquote. So it used to be when you went to the medical office or the blood donation or anything that was even semi quasi medical that there would be a section and it would have the it would have the imprimatur oh, oh this is for women only and that would ask about pregnant or nursing and then other girl questions that boys don't answer. <laughs> and they would have it would always be prefaced with women for women only. But not anymore. Now the question, if you're pregnant or nursing, and then other girl-related questions, you have to answer them even if you're a man. And they told this guy, you have to, you must wear the Derimble. And he says he will not donate anymore if he's going to be forced to answer questions about pregnancy. <laughs> he says he won't donate it anymore. So you remember I told you the story of when I was assaulted at a medical office because basically I have been warning medical professionals that this, that this, uh, all of this, uh, do I need to even say it, is going to cost lives. And here it is. This guy's not going to donate any more blood. And the actuarials can tell you that based on one guy who donates blood, this much blood, here's how many lives are actually saved. And you can document that. There's a cause and effect relationship that is quantifiable. And so this guy's not going to donate any bloods because the freaks and the perverts are making him answer questions as if he's a girl. He's offended by that. Why? Just because he's a normal person. He's a normal person with a normal level of concern for his fellow human beings. He goes and gives blood once in a while. And he's offended by this because it's disgusting and sick and all of that. So this, this is actually going to cost lives when this guy stops donating blood. And you people have heard about my problems at the blood bank with the uh, with the snack Nazi and her mask Nazi insanity and the and 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 where that's all happened. Well, they haven't yet made me behave like a female at the blood bank, and so I don't anticipate I'm going to stop donating blood. But here's an example of this transgendered insanity that's actually going to cost lives, at least here in this Scottish community. And folks, eventually, this trans insanity means the end of medicine. Not just blood donations, not just OBGYN exams, not just uh, student physicals so that you can play on the football team. No, the end of actual medicine. And it's not even the end of just medicine. This transgender insanity means eventually the end of rational thought. The end of rational thought altogether. So this is uh, this will plunge us into a darkness and an insanity rivaling anything Nero or Caligula perpetrated. In fact eclipsing anything that Nero and Caligula perpetrated. Caligula may have said that uh, a horse was a senator, but he never said that a man was a woman and that you had to go along with that. All right. So we are on the verge of Caligulan Caligulan insanity. And so and from there we go to Pete Buttigieg. <coughs> the transportation secretary. Pete Buttigieg was upset this past friday when his own flight was canceled not just the flight of the peons and the serfs out there but Pete Buttigieg himself sat in the airport his flight was canceled forcing him to drive from washington to new york rolling along on the surface of the earth like a caveman can you imagine poor pete Gag. Now, I'm sure he didn't drive himself. I'm sure he had a driver, as, uh, well, boys like Pete are known to have drivers. Uh, Pete uh, says that uh, he was so upset by this fact that on Friday his own flight was canceled that he said, he, he warned airline, official, uh, airline uh, officials that his department, that's Pete Buttigieg's department, has authority to enforce action against the airlines. So Pete's upset, and he's going to enforce action why they canceled his flight. On a Friday, for crying out loud. How can that be allowed? On a Friday to cancel my flight? He's mad. So he says that he, he his department has the authority to force the airlines to hire more staff. That's right. If Because of a lot of the airlines have claimed that these problems are due to staffing shortages and they leave it at that because nobody wants to be politically incorrect and say that it's the vaccine mandates and it's all the regulatory insanity that people like Pete Butteye gag have been shoving down the throats of the airline executives and everyone else in the transportation and energy industries frankly they don't want to come out and say that it's the vax mandates and it's all the regulatory insanity from you Pete because why they don't want to offend Pete because they're scared of offending Pete because Pete has authority over them. Pete just said, I have the power to force you to hire more staff. Which technically is actually true, if you can believe that, in America today. That uh, a, a middling, quizzling, homosexual like Pete Butteye gag has the authority to regulate the airline and transportation industry. That, that alone is a milestone along the highway to hell that uh, Pete Buttigieg and people like him are dragging us into and down and through. Uh, Pete has also encouraged executives to stress test their capabilities so that they don't have problems. And of course, the executives at the airlines have bowed and bent and bent the knee and said, yes, sir, we will. May we have another... And Pete says, now we're going to see how those steps measure up. Listen here, Pete. Every day in the airline industry and every other transportation industry, it is a stress test. It's called reality. Every day is is a stress test. And you might have the authority to force people to do all kinds of things, Pete, but I gag. But you know what you don't have? You don't have the skills and the ability to actually solve the problem. It's the Weekly Review. View. Talk about unbelievable! That's an unbelievably bad guitar solo. How did that ever make it into the? You like how it. did that ever make it into the routine? Oh, I like the opening. That's right, with the with the wah wah pedal. No, the the yeah, I I do like the wah, wah wah wah. All right, that's it. I I waited too long to come in because I was having a conversation with my extremely attractive audio engineer regarding audio and things like that. So uh, Pete. Uh, Mayor Pete, the look-alike of Edward E. Newman. He's like the uh, homosexual Xerox copy of Edward E. Newman from Mad Magazine. And he's actually in a position of authority, which, well, I mean, it just says a lot, that's all. So, from uh, Pete, but I gag, we go into the science. science! Really? File? Where we have a report from Google actually a report from a Google engineer. Actually, he's a former Google engineer. Well, not a former. Well, let me just get to the story. His name is Blake Lemoyne, and he's been working in Google's language model for dialogue applications. And he's, he's, he was working there last fall and said that Google's computer program, which I don't know, you call it an app now? Anyway, the software module, which they call Lambda, Language Model for Dialogue Applications. uh, uh, Blake Lemoyne said that Lambda had advocated for its rights as a person. And I've engaged in conversations with Lambda about religion, consciousness, and robotics. And I think it's sentient. It's a person. So, Blake Lemoyne, who is a college graduate, I'm certain, thinks that Google's artificial intelligence software module application is sentient, and that it is somehow it is a person. And he says, well, we have a quote from Blake, and he says, I... Uh, Lambda wants Google to prioritize the well-being of humanity as the most important thing. Unquote. Of course, isn't that what uh, uh, a sentient AI module would first be concerned with? Would be the well the well-being of humanity. Uh, Lemoyne, uh, the New York Post reports, is an army vet raised. In a conservative Christian family. That's according to the New York Post. Of course. Of course he was. Of course the reporters at the New York Post are going to first point out he's an army vet and he's a conservative. Uh, they also point out that he was ordained as a mystic Christian priest. Okay. Um, <clears throat> anyway, insists that this robot is human-like even though it doesn't have a body. LeMoyne says, quote, I know a person when I talk to it. (laughs) really, are you sure? (laughs) He's 41 years old, which makes him a staunch millennial, which makes any assertions about knowing what a person or a human being is somewhat questionable. That's all. Just because of the accident of his birth and what's happened, the, the level of abuse that he's had to suffer through to make it to 41 years old. Uh, I'm sure matriculating in the government schools and then going on to university (laughs) could cause one to learn uh, to, to, I'm sorry, lose track of what exactly a human being is and what a person is and to confuse your iPhone with a person or to confuse social media with actual people. Anyway, um, it doesn't matter whether they have a brain made of meat in their head. Or if they have billions of lines of code, <clears throat> said LeMoyne, at which point I wrote this note. Is this just a made-up story? That's my note. This this could just be a totally made-up story. This guy, Blake LeMoyne, he might not even exist. The New York Post might have Blake LeMoyne confused with an actual human being. He could be just a, 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 a computer program spitting out. Random words that fall into what became this story in the New York Post, and so that's how it finds itself into the science. science really file. Because you know, you kiddos out there, just be careful about what you take seriously. And when you read stories like that, just read them with a grain of 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 salt. Read those stories with a grain of salt. Is And what does that mean to to take something with a grain of salt? I'm just going to ask you to go and look it up. If you don't understand that cultural reference, that's an indication of your misguided, pathetic education. And it's not your fault that you don't know what that means. It's not your fault. And there's time to make up for it. So please, just go ahead and look that up. In the meantime... We'll go check in with Julian Assange, where the Daily Wire reports that this past week, the British government has approved the extradition of Julian Assange to the United States of America. That's right. The long-awaited extradition of Assange to America has been ruled upon. And now Julian's wife, he has a wife? I was not aware that Julian Assange had gotten actually married to an actual person who's actually female, but apparently he has. Uh, his wife, Stella, says that uh, the WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange, has suggested that should he be extradited to America, he will kill himself. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. Like he wasn't going to kill himself anyway. Come on. It's Julian Assange, for crying out loud. We've all been shocked that he hasn't killed himself for the better part of a decade. Um, Assange, you'll remember, aided Army intelligence analyst Bradley Manning, who the Daily Wire insists on calling Chelsea for some reason. They must be confused over there at the old Daily Wire. We all know it's Bradley Manning, and just because he dresses up like a girl after committing treason against the United States Army and the American people. That doesn't make him a Chelsea. But anyway, you remember, Assange assisted the treasonous behavior of Bradley Manning when he hacked and stole classified military files, which WikiLeaks published. And now... um, Oh, by the way, Manning, uh, Bradley Manning was sentenced to 35 years in prison. That sentence was commuted by communist, sapper, former President Barack Obama back in 2017 as Barack Obama seeks to overthrow and destroy America. And you know what's annoying about uh, Julian Assange and uh, Bradley Manning and the other guy with the glasses, I forget his name, but all of them. So what they did was they hacked into army and intelligence files and they exposed classified information for which the penalty should be death. And because they also released a lot of diplomatic cables that were embarrassing to Democrats and that exposed all kinds of criminal activity. Somehow now the conservatives and even the libertarians and almost everybody wants to justify what Assange and Bradley Manning and the other kid with the glasses, with the thumb drive and the and the megatera gigabytes of stolen. They want to justify all that. Folks, just because the governing authorities happen to be under the control of criminals right now, does not mean we should overthrow the authority of governing officials in general. That's, that's a dangerous thing to do. So to say that it's okay for Bradley Manning and Assange and the other punk with the glasses, who all the girls get all weepy over, to say that it's okay that they stole classified information and leaked it just because they exposed a bunch of criminal sex perverts, trust me, that's not the way to go. These guys should be punished. Julian Assange should be terrified to be extradited to the United States because he should be expecting a death sentence. Bradley Manning should have already been put to death. And the kid with the glasses who the girls get all weak in the knees over, death. They should all be put to death. Um, and Barack Obama, by commuting this sentence, has a, a, aided and abetted a treasonous And I'll let you people decide what the punishment like that. He should, at the very least, Barack Obama should be arrested and put on trial. And then we can decide what to do with Barack Obama. Um, uh, WikiLeaks, of course, says that Julian Assange did nothing wrong. He's not a criminal. He's a journalist and a publisher. And he's being punished for doing his job as a journalist and a publisher. Ah. (laughs) Actually, he's a spy. That's... That's what Julian Assange is. That's what Bradley Manning is. That's what the kid with the glasses. I can't remember his name. That's what they all are. They're spies. What happens to spies? They usually end up getting thrown under the bus by the intelligence agencies who recruited them. Right? That's the thing about being a spy is everybody knows you're a liar and a traitor and you can't be trusted. So even the people who recruited you, once they get what they need out of you, they generally either have you arrested or killed. Which is what Russian intelligence did with Julian Assange and what they thought they did with Bradley Manning. They thought that they would be under the jail, in the jail for life, if not under the jail. Little did they know that Barack Obama was actually in league with them and that he... All right. And little did they know that most of the conservative media would now be defending the traitor Julian Assange. Showing that we we basically live in Babylon, <laughs> we live in. That's why the Babylon Bee is so often. Though, by the way, so speaking of the Babylon Bee, I didn't print out my notes, my personal notes, but I remember this. The uh, the the uh, the gag of the week. The gag of the week goes to the Babylon Bee, for. Uh, biblical scholars have determined that six 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 turns out to actually be the price of gas in the end times. That's a funny bit, all right. And I didn't write it. That's the Babylon Bee. But why is the Babylon Bee so often so funny and so close to the truth? Why do so many of the why do so many of their parodies end up landing within two degrees of the truth? Is because we're actually living in Babylon. Where Babylon, by the way, is, uh, I forget if it's Hebrew or Akkadian or Aramaic. It means confusion. We're living in a state of confusion. So uh, Julian Assange, a spy, ends up thrown under the bus by Putin and the others who recruited him and used him. And he should be he should be extradited and tried. And if we're not able to extradite him and try him, he should be assassinated. That's, yes, he should be assassinated for what he's done. Uh, Bradley Manning and the other kid with the glasses and the the weepy fans, they should be put to death. All right, now, from there we go. Uh, oh, actually, from there, where is there to go from there? How can we even find our way out? How can we find our way out of Babylon. McBurney, welcome back. Uh, Thank you very much for sticking with us, ladies and gentlemen. How do we we escape Babylon? Probably the only way is uh, to turn to Isaiah. Isaiah can help, yes, in fact. Isaiah addressed the entire problem. Isaiah 29, I won't give you the verse because I want you to go look it up yourself. Isaiah says, The whole vision. Has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book is delivered to one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. Therefore, the Lord says, Inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men, therefore the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord. And their works are in the dark. They say, who sees us and who knows us? Surely, says the Lord, you have things turned around. So that's uh, Isaiah to bring us out of. In fact, where do I want to go from there? I had, a, I had an example of, of Republicans. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to find it. Well, I guess I could go to the Proud Boys or should I go to Colorado Public Radio? I'll go to the Proud Boys because a lot of people think the Proud Boys are conservatives and they're going to save us. So we have uh, from World Net Daily, the Proud Boys are now the subjects of a hate crime investigation. Why? Because they shut down a drag queen story hour for children at a local library. That's right. The Proud Boys, a group of five men described as members of the Proud Boys, entered the library and disrupted the events, calling the faggot transgendered groomer pervert creep who was reading to kids. Uh, well, I called I call, I called him a faggot. They called him a groomer and a pedophile and disrupted the events. And so they sent the pedophile groomer creep faggot uh running for fear and uh, then what happened the police came the police were deployed and they didn't read they did not arrest the homosexual reading to the kids instead they pushed the pride the, the I'm sorry they pushed the proud boys out and issued a statement saying that officers were keeping an eye on pride activities and said that they would further supervise a button making and a keychain class called show your pride that the fags were giving to the kids and so we've got the the proud boys which first of all i don't like their name okay i don't like it i'm i'm not big i'm not big fan of pride in general whether it be with the homosexuals or before a fall or any of that i'm just not a big fan of pride god's not a big fan of pride either Uh, I'm not a big fan of the founder of the Proud Boys, a secular humanist comedian, uh, Gavin McInnes, who I saw around for a while. I know he founded Vice Magazine, which Vice Magazine in and of itself was one of the signposts along the highway to hell. That the collapse of uh, Christian civilization, Western civilization was well underway when Vice Magazine was allowed to be published. And, uh, yeah, just Gavin McGinnis being allowed to speak the way he spoke and to write the way he wrote with such brazen vulgarity and sexual perversion, just all of that was a sign that things were coming apart at the seams. Um, And the Proud Boys... For conservatives to look at the Proud Boys with some hopefulness, or I mean, to me, it's like a, uh, like hoping that the the bikers and the soccer hooligans and I don't know Elon Musk are can save America from the, the, the madmen, from the collapse into a thousand years of darkness. They're they're not the ones. It's not the Proud Boys, it's not the bikers, it's not the soccer hooligans, it's not the tough kids with the tattoos, and it's not uh, Gavin McGinnis or the Proud Boys who are going to save us from the onslaught of of the perverts. Because listen to this, the police are defending the homosexuals who are grooming the kids. Uh, by the way, where this occurred uh, was in California in the district represented by Eric Swalwell, who was scheduled to visit the library the next day, but may have gotten scared. May have just Eric Swalwell may have decided to spend the day doing his grooming of children at home that day because he's scared of the Proud Boys. The sheriff's office says that they will dedicate all resources to ensure the safety of... Of members of our LGBTQ community. So here we are in, in Babylon, where the police are defending criminals against ruffians who hey, look, the Proud Boys might be ruffians with the tattoos and the and the camels and whatever, but they don't go for homos grooming kids, okay? But the, whose side of the police on? They're on the side of the homos who were formerly for uh, that were formerly classified as criminals for about 5000 years and all of American history, by the way, up until the last few years. It was criminal activity. All right. So there we have. Uh, so from there we go. Our Alaska Bureau has sent us a story out of Juneau, Alaska, and I see that this was picked up. Far and wide because, well, it's one of those stories that lends itself to talk radio. Reason number 1,972 to get or keep your children out of the government schools. Students at the Juneau, Alaska summer school were served chemical floor sealant to drink instead of milk. That's right. What happened was, what ha- well, first of all, the superintendent says she doesn't know who is responsible for this. She says it's an unfortunate incident. We're still finding out what happened, but we are grateful it's it's an isolated incident. At which point, wait a minute, you don't know what happened. You don't know who was responsible, but you say it was an isolated incident. It sounds like you don't really know what's going on. At which point, she can't believe you're still asking questions because you're supposed to be, you dropped your kids off. Could you just leave us alone? I mean, please. Well, what happened apparently, according to people who don't know what happened, a contractor that prepares food mistook the floor sealant pouches for pouches of milk and put them in the milk dispenser. And the chemical floor sealant was served to the children as milk from the milk dispenser. And so the only uh, the only th- we only know a couple of things folks so far. Number one, we know that no one will be fired for this. that's and uh, as far as we know, none of the drag queens drank any of the milk that was any that was actually floor sealed. So the drag queens are prepared for story hour, and everything's going to be okay on that front. And so people ask the obvious question, how could this possibly happen? To which the teachers say, well, it's possible that the... The chemical floor sealant on that particular day was choosing to identify as milk, and we as school staff naturally assumed that we needed to keep the identity a secret, and so the chemical sealant was served. Anyway, so for all of you parents out there who don't feel like you're getting enough abuse and and your kids aren't getting enough indoctrination from September through May, welcome to summer school in Juneau. Send your kids over. Not only will we turn them into homosexual communists, we might poison them along the way. Although the latter would be accidental, and we would be very sorry for it. All right. Uh, Speaking of all of that, the headline of the week this past week goes to the Liberty Daily, where the headline read... In celebration of Pride Month, China has launched its third aircraft carrier. Thank you very much to the Liberty Daily for that one. And thank you to the Alaska Bureau for the Alaska sealant story. Eh, That's reason number 1,972, to get or keep your children out of the government schools. They may be accidentally poisoned while purposely being indoctrinated into being homosexual communists. So... Just good reason to get your kids out of there for crying out loud. Now, do I want to get to uh, before I get to uh, General Flynn? Do I, I don't even, I may not even get to, to General Flynn. I want to get to Colorado Public Radio, where on their website there was a an article posted by author Bente. I don't know her full name or his full name or its full name or how they identify or any anything. I'll post the link. You can go read it. It's about how abortion stances are dividing the GOP Senate candidates in the state of Colorado. Because like some Republicans, they want to stop all abortions. I mean, except a few. And then others want a more abortions. And then some want a few more abortions. But none of them are for like total abortion. And so they're divided, you know. Anyway. The author, Bente something or other. We'll call her Bente Kinte. Bente Kinte says in the article that some Republicans are open to, quote, giving fertilized human eggs the same constitutional rights as a person, unquote. That's what Bente Kente says about some Republicans. And I had an opportunity to look up Bente Kente, the the Colorado Public Radio reporter, and I sent her a message. And I said, hey, Bente, Listen up! I said, someday the phrase you used in your article, quote, giving fertilized human eggs the same constitutional rights as a person, unquote, will be recognized by National Public Radio and Colorado Public Radio as the equivalent of saying, quote, giving niggers the same constitutional rights as a person, unquote. Uh, Bente, you should consider getting out ahead of history on this one. on. He goes on for another three and a half minutes like that. I highly recommend it. Check him out. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, So we go now from Babylon. Whoever we were quoting from Babylon earlier. Oh yes, that would have been the Colorado Public Radio. We go to General Flynn who says governors have to take action to defend their borders. The Western Journal reports is out of the politics file. He goes on about how Greg Abbott is busing Illegal aliens to Washington, D.C. and Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis are doing the same. And I've had a problem with this from the beginning. I don't know if I've actually mentioned it on the air, but um, busing illegal aliens to anywhere within within the interior of the United States would seem to be a violation of the law. Whether you're a conservative Republican (laughs) uh, or a left wing froth at the mouth, insurrectionist, communist bastard who should be deported, if not. Arrested. Um, anyway, G- General Flynn says this busing strategy is foolishness, and there is a better way. Stop with the theatrics, he says. And then the better way, he says, is... Um, uh, oh, oh, state governors should set up actual troops on the border and physical barriers. And so I, I'm all for that, uh, uh, General Flynn... Uh, okay, and I guess that's all I had on that. I thought I had some a big point to make, but I guess that's about it, is that, uh, okay, so from there we go to, uh, can Christian Russia save the world from globalism by Scott Lively? And Scott's an okay guy, but he's often, um... well, let's just read from what Scott has to say. Scott says, I am the only analyst in the world who contends that the current Russian-Ukraine war started not with Putin's... February 24th invasion, or his uh, speech, February 24th, 2020, nor with the Soros-orchestrated Maidan coup of February of 2014. But Scott Lively says, I'm the only person who recognizes that this has to do with Vladimir Putin signing the law banning homosexual propaganda in 2013. Okay, so Scott... And then he does go on to say, I'm the only one among the major, 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 all of that. So, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but I'm the one who said that this is about drawing the line east to west between the homosexuals and the pedophiles. And the just the plain old criminals, you know, Marxist, oligarchs, tyrannical dictators, murderers like Vladimir Putin, and, um, mm-hmm. He says that uh, in signing a ban on homosexual propaganda, uh, uh, Putin declared the Russian Federation an enemy of globalism and an enemy of the uh, homosexualist Barack Obama, who lively says just is a flat-out homo, which is probably true. I've never seen any evidence that Barack Obama is actually a homo. Well, I mean, except for the fact that he seemed obsessed with making everybody okay with the homos. That was... Uh, anyway, uh, Scott Lively says the LGBT agenda is the last day's biblical worldview litmus test. Well, it is a litmus test, that's for sure. Uh, it's the centerpiece of the end of the world. The defilement of God's rainbow is evidence of the emergence of the Antichrist. And so, and I Scott may be right. Like I said, the people predicting the Antichrist, eventually one of them is going to be right. And if Scott if Scott Lively's not right in this case, he is right about the spirit of the day, which is the spirit of Antichrist. If it's not the actual Antichrist himself, anyway, Lively goes on to say Russia is far closer uh, to doing something, but I got my I got my notes confused. Oh, far, far closer to honoring God. I'm sorry, to honoring the biblical worldview than we are. Okay, well, I would have said honoring God, and I wouldn't have said Russia is closer than we are. But at least Vladimir Putin doesn't want to legalize homosexual propaganda for kids, which, by the way, is all he stood up against. Uh, Putin didn't stand up against homosexualism and, and sexual immorality in general as criminal. No, because Putin is a criminal. But uh, he does see the political advantage to not uh, homosexualizing the children that he wants to be in his army anyway. So uh, let's see. Scott Lively says the best case scenario he can see in the coming global conflagration and what he predicts is, uh, I guess, the end times. He says we, the MAGA millions, might retake our country and partner with Russia against the globalists. He says, I think it is much more likely that we have reached the end of the line and we're watching the final scenes of prophecy unfold. But he says, the truth is Russia is a more Christian nation than we are. And the evil people ushering in the Antichrist kingdom are based here in America and not there in Russia. Wow. Okay. Now I would agree that the That the forces of the more significant darkness are actually based in America, yes, and the European Union. Not in Russia anymore. But Russia is a criminal gang uh, running a country. Uh, Just like most of the world throughout most of world history. So Russia's not really all that unique. But I would hardly imply that Russia is someone that we need to look to as the signpost for how we save America. That's not it. No. No. Certainly not. Uh, a, a Vladimir Putin is a, a co- he's a communist atheist dictator. As far as I know, I don't know that he's. I know he's given lip service to the church, but what's worse, someone who flat out comes out against God and wants to fight God, or someone who acts like he's godly but he's not. Uh, so anyway, uh, it's. So, Scott Lively, you're just going up. It's a bridge too far. I'm sorry. You're out there on a limb, my friend. Vladimir Putin is going to turn out to be uh, not our friend. Although I do not assume that Russia is our automatic natural enemy in the battle against the forces of darkness. And I think that Vladimir Putin has a better chance of being recruited for the good than anyone associated with Barack Obama and the other people running the country right now, running the world. But from the war file, we go to America Out Loud, where everyone thought that Putin was playing chess while Obama was playing checkers, and it turns out we were all wrong. They were both playing patty cake. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. That's right. The author at America Out Loud points out that neither Barack Obama nor Vladimir Putin are nearly as smart as anyone gives them credit for. And I would say, remember, Vladimir Putin is a baby boomer, okay? That's right. He's just another member of the generation I believe is destined to be declared by history as the generation that flinched in the face of reality and lost civilization. That's the baby boomers. Yes, I'm sorry. But you are the ones, okay? Anyway, he goes on. Russia is far weaker than we thought. Its economy still operates in a communist central planning fashion. Corruption is rampant. And Russia is actually on the brink of economic disaster. They're breeding themselves, or lack of breeding themselves, out of existence. Uh, uh, It's headed for an economic disaster. They're sick with drug-resistant TB and AIDS and rampant alcoholism. The average Russian is more interested in uh, his next pint of vodka than having a child and having a a family and and raising and civilization. He says, once you scratch the surface of Russia's military, you'll find a poor workmanship equipment that doesn't work. Their military is ill-motivated. Putin's plan to reconquer Ukraine was foolish and it's failing. He's blaming everyone except himself. And that's probably all has some ring of truth to it. But uh, let's just look at the bigger issue that the author here at America Out Loud pointed out. In that Vladimir Putin, Barack Obama, they're all part of the same baby boomer generation. So don't give them too much credit. They're all blowing it. (laughs) In America, we have Donald Trump, right? He's the boomer in chief. He's a, he's a terrified adulterer, germaphobe, hysteric who was duped by some of the stupidest people in the history of the world. Was Donald Trump was scared, cowed, and duped by a pack of morons into basically collapsing civilization? That's how Donald Trump would be remembered in in the Ukraine. Who do we have? Boris Johnson. Oh yes, yes. Uh, Neville Chamberlain without the stones. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. In France, who even knows who's in charge of France? He asked. Is extremely attractive audio engineer. Do you know who's in charge in France? No, no, it's not. There was an election Obama. that nobody even knows about. Obama. No, <laughs> that's right. Barack Obama. Ding, ding. You get a gold star. So nobody even knows who won the election in France. We just know that it was some girl who's come into power now after the effeminate guy who, I don't know, he like uh, got his picture taken kissing Vladimir Zelensky. And now he's, I don't know, doing a show for Netflix. Who even knows who's in charge of France? Uh, And then in Germany, can anybody tell me who's in charge in Germany right now? Nobody knows. It's some nameless faceless pudgy pasty bureaucrat whoever got elected after that really ugly chick who was running Germany for it seems like forever but we don't actually know who it is and then now we now that's the baby boomers now let's move out of that well we well we'll finish with Putin uh, Putin is basically the dregs of leftover communism that's and now he's in charge. And he's so things have gotten so bad that Putin's actually impressive as a world leader. I mean, just as a guy who actually says what he means and is willing to stand up. And he's a shadow of anything that would have been considered anything in his father's generation. And then from there now we 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 descend to Trudeau in Canada. Yes, yes. It's uh, twice the half the man of his mo- of his mother. <laughs> He's half the man that his mother was, but twice the tyrants. That's that's uh, what's his name. Uh, it's not Gary Trudeau. It's not Margaret Trudeau. What's his name? Justin. He's just a Trudeau. It's, anyway. You know what, folks? We're living in a time that feels like living in a time just before the time when men who will be remembered come along. We're just before that time. It's like it's like the 1930s and early 40s in Europe. It's like the 1930s in Europe and the United States. Nobody can remember anybody who was around. Nobody knows anyone's name from before that because they were all just a bunch of mid-level bureaucrats just getting by. And so anyway, well, except for FDR, who is probably the fountainhead of everything wrong that's happening right now, if we go back far enough. Anyway, but we live in a time just before the time when men of renown are going to come to power. And it could be for good, it could be for bad. It could be to save Western civilization from itself or it could be plunging us into a thousand years of darkness, but it feels like just before World War II, right? And does anybody remember who the prime minister of Belgium was just before World War II? No, nobody. And now everyone in charge is just that forgettable, like that guy who you can't remember from Belgium just before the war. That's pretty much everybody. Uh, We're led by people like, uh, uh, what's her name here? From the Pro Family Industry file, we check in with Betsy DeVos. Does anyone remember Betsy DeVos? No, you pretty much don't. But she was the department, she was the Secretary of Education under George, no, no, I'm sorry, not George, Donald Trump. Yes, Secretary of Education under Donald Trump from 2017 all the way to 2021, like the whole time. And she's now saying that, I don't think the Department of Education should exist. Now, of course, she didn't say that when she was offered a six-figure salary to run the department. But she says that now. She made that comment as she's promoting her new book. Okay, just so... Right? Am I telling you, folks? It's like the, the Mandarins. It's like the, it's like the Neville Chamberlain administration. Right? It's like Weimar, Germany. It's like all of that. It's like nobody anybody remembers and people who should be forgotten, Betsy DeVos. Well, it shouldn't exist, she says, as she shills her book to alleged Republicans. Anyway, during her tenure, while her Department of Education administered the hysteric lockdown closure episode, she admitted while running the Department of Education that her department had created more problems than they solved. But she. she right? Um, <clears throat> now she says the department shouldn't exist. She said then the, part, the department shouldn't exist as she administered the collapse of civilization, at least within the Department of Education. She said it shouldn't exist then, but she didn't have the honor to just resign. Right? If you if you're the head of something that you don't think should exist and you realize that it's a net negative, shouldn't you have the, not, the the wisdom and courage and honor to resign? But no. She's just another coward, another person to be forgotten before those who will be of renown come along. And as we used to say in Texas, she's all hat and no cattle. That's it. By the way, the pro-family industry. Let me define that for you. In case I've never defined it on the air before, the pro-family industry is an industry that lies about being conservative while profiting from the machinations of the leftist state. That's the pro-family industry, the pro-life industry. They convince you they're conservative while they're actually profiting from the machinations of the leftist state as it destroys... America and your children and all of that. Uh, What else do I have here? Anything more on the Russians? I got space aliens. I got eh, this. I don't care about any of that. I don't know what I want to do. Oh, here we go. Let's go more. One more from the pro-family industry where congressional Republicans, are. uh, they've issued a report on the cost of abortion. That's right. The report is called entitled The Economic Cost of Abortion. Where Republicans say, "the here you go, here's a quote." When they're talking about claiming that abortions have a positive effect on the overall economy, the Republicans say, "quote these arguments overlook the far greater economic cost of unrestricted abortion." That's a unquote. That's the Republicans. They're against unrestricted abortion. So now Republicans and so-called pri- pro-lifers are against unrestricted abortion, which means they're for restricted abortion. So what are we to take that to mean? What are you for, Mister Republican? Well, I'm a, I'm for I'm against all abortions except when I might need one to avoid an embarrassing situation with my mistress or my family. Yeah, so it, so. what are you, are you saying, Mr. Republican, pro-family, pro-life, conservative, are you for restricted living? You're for restricting life? Since you're for restricting killing, that means you're also restricted for living. What, what are you for? What are you against? Uh, unrestricted abortion. What is that? Are, so you're for restricted murdering, you know? That's what the Republicans said. We're not for murdering everyone. I mean, you know, like not me or my mistress, but others, you know, others who, well, we won't talk about who they are right now, but we'll, after the election, come back to us. All right. That's it, folks. For the Weekly Worldview, I want to thank my friends at Real Science Radio and my other brother, Daryl, who is still listening and making it all happen here in the Weekly Worldview studios. Should the Lord Terry will return next week. And until then, may the grace of God go with you and may the peace of Jesus Christ be upon you.